0: You're listening to the Antos podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Now, cue the intro music. All right, so chapter four. So the motley crew comes in
1: yeah so we open up again on vin as our point of view character and she's now with cayman's old crew now run by one of his former crew members the name escapes me and they're kind of discussing what kelser could be planning and the big thing to take away here is no one's even mentioning or caring about what happened to vin even Yuleth, the guy who betrayed her is like you know kind of giving off the air of like yeah and like i'll do it again that's just life you know that's what's going to happen and but they, they're they kind of trying to figure out you know what's what's the connection and they refer to vin as a twixt which is kind of described as a person who's an in-between you know so like she's a part of cayman's old crew and so she's going to be the one crew member that kelsey's crew talks to to kind of get like uh some ideas flowing between the two or to basically give them the errands that they're gonna run working with this other crew. And uh, you know, they're kinda surprised that they chose Ven for that. Uh little do they know. They don't have no idea what we found out last uh last chapter, but the crew really kind of lays down and focuses on kelsir here. And they try to figure out like what the heck happened because apparently before the Piths of Hathson, Kelsir was still incredibly well known. And we kind of get a glimpse into to that history of his. He was considered one of, if not the best, crew leader in Luthadel. He, they, I think they mentioned he would rob noblemen, the ministry. It didn't matter. He went after everybody, and he was always he always won, no matter what happened.
0: And the only way they even caught him was because the Lord Ruler himself put a trap for him.
1: Yeah. So they 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 talk about how yeah the Lord Ruler put a trap down for him. Like ultimately kelsir took a job or then like put up a job where the lord ruler himself got involved they caught him and they sent him and his wife mayor to the pits of half uh and they sent him there to die we still do not really learn what's at the pits no one seems to know what the heck is actually at the pits they just know that when you go there you don't come back and kelsir became the survivor of half he became the one and only person to ever be known to have survived and escaped the pits but his wife died there and we kind of get this little moment with vin going well, i mean he's lost someone too and the, that connection kind of begins to form again where she she sees herself or she sees him and you know herself and kind of that that, that glimpse of like this person went through a lot of crap the same as i did and um well From here, you know, people believe that his scars, like Kelsier's scars, the scars that we've been referring to this entire time, that the book's been referring to this entire time, they believe that they came from like three different things. Um one of them one of them mentions that these scars maybe came about because they were scaling a wall in which he had to escape and he cut himself up doing it. Another one says that he killed a monster in the pits, one of the monsters that defends the pits of the Hassan and he killed it by stuffing his arm down its throat and strangling it from the inside. Um, and then another one mentions that, hey, you know, he arrived here claiming he killed one already. Maybe he killed a steel Inquisitor on his way out. And that's why, that's where he got those scars. And they can all agree, though, that the kelsier that went in is not the same. The kelsier that went in was not a misting, which they kind of all believe him to be. Um... And a lot of them think that's not even Kelsier anymore. You know, sort of like kind of a flashback to the prologue here with the, the plantation ska. Um, they believe Kelsier's not alive anymore. You know, something's probably wearing his face. And they, they mentioned that, that that possible thing is a mist wraith. Um, it kind of shows here because in the city, it kind of seemed like the ska were almost used to the mist. It almost seemed like being in the city, people really didn't fear it anymore. It still made them uneasy but we never got the sense that the people in the city feared the mist and uh it's kind of funny because one of the guys argues that and says like we go out in the mist all the time in the city and one person goes yeah but have you gone out into the mist outside of the city that's where the mist wraiths are mm-hmm. and that's where they'll get you and that's probably what what happened to kelsier and uh so yeah ultimately they they believe that he's has to be something greater and at the very least they start bringing up the rumors again of mistborn they say he's probably a Mistborn if he's not a Mistwraith he's a Mistborn or maybe he's a Mistborn Mistwraith they don't know they just he's not human anymore is what they seem to claim and man so they consider Mistborn like the heralds of the mist themselves I think that was a statement almost like word for word where they they believe like like they the the the, like they own it they own the mist, they live in the mist, the mist grants them power, all of these things. And Vin kind of like confirms that in the sense that like everyone's heard these rumors, you know. Another rumor for the Mistborn were they were a secret, like, sect of assassins that all worked for the Lord Ruler and that they would kill on a whim whatever he needed um but funny enough you know with her being kind of given the idea of her like she's a misborn and Kelsier is a misborn based on what he what he told her um her brother reen w- said that they were a hoax that misborn don't exist and so there is this kind of like wide spectrum of like what the the common people believe when it comes to the alemantic powers you know we're kind of starting to see in this case that you know, Alamancy might not be well taught to people outside of the nobles, because people seem to be, you know, they they all believe several different things on what it actually is. Well, it's kind of in this moment that um, Vin makes the decision. She, up to this point, she's seen herself and her life as being uninspired, I think that's the word she used, and if she's really a mistborn, she will Bow down and be Kelsier's slave as long as it takes to learn how to use this power so that one day she will be a slave to no one ever again, and she kind of like makes the promise to herself that this is what she's gonna do and uh with that, you know everyone kind of starts to leave except for Vin because they know the meeting's about to start and they're not welcome, and so the new crew leader rounds up the whole squad and they they leave. And Vin's left alone until the the first of the potential crew members arrive. And that is, well, I guess the first two. The first one to walk down is this kind of like soldier looking dude. He's pretty buff, pretty strong, you know, fair cut. Vin specifically describes him as having the soldier look to him. And he's followed by a very sharply dressed middle-aged man that is um, in a nobleman suit. And the two individuals come down the stairs and Vin's like instantly, like just instantly likes the man in the nobleman suit. Like there's just something about him. um, Quite a charming gentleman. And the man, you know, just comes down and, you know, says, oh, you know, what's your name? And they kind of introduce each other and they figure out, oh, you know, she must be the Twix and ask for a cup of wine. And Vin just like, jumps off her seat and says she'll do it she'll get him what he needs and it's kind of at this point that hammond ham the 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 soldier um tells breeze the, the 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 sharply dressed gentleman to knock it off and stop manipulating her and the feeling just drops and vin goes this guy was using luck and he was so good at it that i could not even tell that something had happened i think she even mentions that man when kelsior did it you know it was so blunt and
0: obvious It's so obvious right
1: yeah yeah like i i like my my mind fought it like you should be scared even though you weren't like she could tell but this guy he's good he's that good that she couldn't tell what the heck was going on and you know we get a little bit of glimpse of ham in this case where ham you know uh, upon, like, having this kind of discussion and Vin deciding, you know, she's not gonna help this guy out, and him, one big thing that, like, that, that kind of stood out to me in this case was Breeze asked for the drink, you know, he used luck to try to make her make her do it, he called it, he said he soothed her, and um, but he kind of, ref- he refused to get it himself when 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 she, like, kind of turned it down, he, he almost, like, in a way, just said, oh, I well, I'd rather not have it if no one's going to bring it to me and that's kind of stood out to me kind of as weird, right? Is he lazy? Does he think like so many people are below him? It's so weird. Why? What? Like if he wanted it, why didn't he just grab it afterwards? Mm-hmm. You know, but we get this little glimpse at ham because ham poses this philosophical question to everybody. Like, you know, if Vin were to commit a crime while, uh, while under the influence of this luck, you know, is that your crime or is that her crime? And, breeze just basically tells him to shut up like
0: get out of here yeah he, he, he entertains it for a while but he's just like i'm just i'm over this
1: yeah yeah well they kind of are, are having this chat when ham suddenly drops that he's a misting too you know breeze says hey i'm a misting you know i soothe people's emotions that's what i do and ham goes yep i'm a misting as well i'm you know what they referred to as a thug and i burn pewter to become incredibly strong and this is kind of when Vin realizes, wait, I've heard these stories a little bit. Mistings, um, Mistings are said to be so dangerous that a single Misting can can devastate or kill an entire crew of thieves. And, you know, we definitely you know, saw that with Kelsier, Kelsier mm-hmm. being Mistborn. And so we can imagine that just a couple of these abilities still could be devastating in a fight. Well, while they're having this discussion, another, like, older gentleman that, that kind of comes in with a limp he's like described as being like knotted up and just like gnarly um he comes limping in and they refer to him as clubs and they say that he is a smoker and we finally get told what a smoker is after having sat on a couple of chapters mm-hmm. and it's his job to make sure that the steel inquisitors don't find you um kind of how we mentioned in the past chapter where the steel inquisitor's job is to look for look for you know mistings well it's his job to prevent that kind of makes sense for the name we finally get the last man after that to kind of show up for the crew i guess in this case and uh by the name of Yeden, and Yeden is the leader of the skull rebellion which we will learn a little bit later in this chapter isn't doing that great indeed um i don't even know if you could uh you could really call it a rebellion uh at the point it is now but yeah and uh after that Kelsier and Dachshund arrive and we realize uh Vin notices something like really quickly and that's that Kelsier and Dachshund are greeted with happiness I think she says I've never seen a crew leader greeted with happiness from the crew before Uh, but these people are really happy to see Kelsier they immediately go into sort of that like that kind of like best friend who you haven't seen you know since high school that mode where you just try hey you know what's been going on what's this job you know what are we going to do and uh Kelsier very quickly burst everyone's bubble by pointing to yeeden and going hey he's your employer and <laughs> everyone was like just like oh great you know what, what could this be Eden already doesn't like us yeeden voices that he th- he hates that the, the thieves lack morals and things like that and but he needs them and he needs them because Kelsier points out that their job is eh, they're gonna rob somebody but uh the main purpose of their job is they're gonna overthrow the final empire
0: the destruction
1: of the final empire um uh, which is uh you know it's kind of funny right like you know you go for the typical heist movie where they're just like you got to do the impossible. You know it's impossible to get into the bank vault, but we're gonna do this. You know this guy was literally like, "We're gonna end the final empire," and I'm like, mm, "I'm pretty sure finals in the name." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, their the, their goal is they're gonna overthrow the final empire, and they're gonna do it by helping Yidan. Well, the two specifics of the job is they're going to give Yidan an army. They're gonna raise him an army, help help him train that army, and then they're gonna give an, uh, him an opportunity to attack Luthadel. That is what's in their contract. That's what they have to do. Um, they kind of ask what the payment's going to be. You know, Breeze and Ham are both like, you know, hey, you know, I'm as i I'm as ska as the next guy, but, uh, you know, what's that payment going to be? And it was like announced at like 30,000 box things, which compared to the 3,000 we just heard of seems ludicrous.
0: I mean, it's, um, you know, 10 years of a cruise together, and he said it's basically everything that we could get together over decades of time. Yeah, and, and Clubs or him, I think, it was like, that's not even gonna cover expenses.
1: Yeah, that's not that's literally not gonna cover the cost of what we're gonna need to do this. And Kelsier to the rescue once again. He goes, Well, we have a deal with Eden though. Once he attacks the Luthedel and he takes the palace, we are entitled to half of the Lord Ruler's treasury, no matter how big or small that is. And they all kind of smile simultaneously, and you get that and that means we're entitled to half of the ATM. We get this, just this mention of ATM. No idea what it is, but it suddenly gets everyone's attention. The, the, what you can consider the top performers in their profession at this point, at least if they're working with Kelsey, right? The top, that's some of the best mistings out there. If that's the case. If you're catching their attention with the payment, you know, it's good. Uh, so we, we, we're, we're mentioned that ATMs on the table now whatever that is, and suddenly people are more, are feeling more relaxed, and they're kind of like, you can tell they're kind of getting in on the idea, but they ask, how are we going to do this? And Kelsier basically lays it down in four simple steps. Well, we need to neutralize the Lufa Lufa del Garrison, you know, we got to get the policing force out of the city. Step two, Well, after that, we just need to uh, throw the city into chaos. Pretty simple, right? Step three, Yedin's army is going to be raised and attack Luthadel. And step four, we're going to rob the Lord Ruler blind and take all of his Aetium. You know, easier said than done.
0: Uh, Definitely. And if that wasn't big big enough, he had to drop one more thing.
1: Well, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second.
0: <laughs> because there's a little bit that happens before that. Mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: um Kelsey just tries to explain that like, you know, it all works together. Him stealing the, the uh, them stealing the ATM is, is still a very um a very important part of this job because he believes that it will le- leave the Lord Ruler in financial ruin, which means that if the Lord Ruler doesn't have money despite him being the Lord Ruler, being this this Incredibly powerful ruler who's supposedly been around for thousands of years, you know, or at least a thousand years
0: You can't pay your men. Yeah, you, you don't have much going on. You mm. can't
1: pay your armies. You don't have armies, if you, don't have armies taught us that. <laughs> you can't have your armies Um, we get another drop of the Colossus here And I think this is when we actually get a description of what they could possibly be because I want to say Hammond Even says like what if they just march, What if he just marches his Colossus to Lufadel? and Kelsier says Well, if he does that, you know These are creatures that would cause more destruction than anyone could ever dream. And so we would basically be doing the same thing. He would ruin his own city. He'd destroy his own city, yeah. And so he most likely wouldn't do that. Well, the goal at that point would be to cause the noblemen to fight amongst each other. You know, he's like, hey, the noblemen are going to fight amongst each other and we have chaos. We can do this, guys. He's just basically trying to, he's throwing some half-baked ideas out there just to kind of try to bait them in and say like, you know, these ideas suck. But they suck because it's only me, you know, with all of us, we got this. well, this is enough for clubs. Clubs is like uh, you're a bunch of idiots, I'm out of here, and he leaves
0: uh, there's always one,
1: yeah, there's always one, mm-hmm. and you know if you know heist movies, <laughs> spoiler, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, there is always one well people they uh what is it I ham kind of says like you know this is still good and dandy, but won't the Lord ruler just get more ATM? And that's when Kelser lets the biggest smile and he goes, well, I know where it is. You know, I spent a year of my life there and I'm now the survivor of said place. So I know exactly where the ATM is. If we, you know, so we, we, could, you know, th- there's a good, good chance here that like we, we, we have this in the bag. We know where he could possibly get more. We could even mess with that if we wanted to. Um, well, with that, Ham and Breeze—they're in. Ham is in because he just likes Kelsier. He even admits that he goes. I don't care how crazy this was. I was always going to be in. I was just asking the questions. And Breeze can't let a challenge go. But yeah, Clubs decides to leave, and um, I think he didn't even mention it. But Vin goes, "Why are you letting him go? You know he's just going to betray us. You know he's going to—you know—he might—he's probably going to betray us." And she gets surprised again by Kelsier and Doxon well Doxin it. and it. But Kelser basically saying, like, I don't work that way. I'm not going to kill anybody just because they disagree. And Dachshund says, yeah, we wouldn't have invited him if we knew, you know, we couldn't trust him, that he wasn't going to betray us. And so Clubs leaves. Uh, the crew's like, we're in. How are we going to do this? And Kelsier basically goes, oh, yeah, by the way, go ahead. What, do, what, what
0: does he say, Mac? I'm going to kill him, too.
1: Yep. He's going to kill the, the Lord, Lord Ruler. Ruler. And at this point, you know... I think I want to say that like Hammond refers to the Lord Ruler as like a slither of infinity. Uh, A piece
0: of God himself. A
1: piece of God himself. How are you going to do that? And um, Kelster's like, well, you know, he killed Mare. You know, not directly, but he sent us to the pits and Mare's dead now. And so because he killed Mare... And because he killed Mare, I'm going to end his life. And the way I'm going to do it is uh, through this medal here. He calls it the 11th medal. And he basically mentions how, you know, in, uh, in far, far away places, there's a legend that if a, a Mistborn is burning and using this metal, he can kill the Lord Ruler. And that's basically where we're left with this episode is that proclamation of that he's going to end the Lord Ruler's life.
0: So, I mean, this, this is basically where, all we, where we get the stakes. Um, you know, we have, we want to do this job. We have this group of people who was like, you know, they're not going to be bleeding hearts. So they're not just going to sacrifice themselves for anything, but this is probably the, the big, biggest job that you can imagine, which is getting a hold of the most powerful person's, you know, collection of everything that they have. And particularly this stuff we called ATM, which is at least we know very, very valuable. We find out, you know, where it comes from, uh, that the pits of Hassan are basically where they, where he ends up getting his ATM and it's probably the only place as far as we know. Um, we get uh, the setup that we have the rebellion leader or this guy who's, you know, got the background of a rebellion uh, set up and that he's going to be the one that kind of helps the or- or- orchestrate everything. And uh, we get a little bit of idea of how they kind of plan on getting salsa, st- all this stuff done. Um we've got introduced to, you know, these guys who are know Kelsier well or are we well known by Kelsier, uh, who he respects, which we're starting to see. Like, if you're respected by Kelsier, that's probably a big deal. And we find out that these powers are not just um they're not just flat and blank, which is to say, like, Vin used her luck a certain way, she got luck used on her a certain way, and then when Breeze used it. It was like an expert touch. It was completely different from what she's used to experiencing. And he did it enough to where it wasn't just, oh, she made her feel a certain way. She made her do things he wanted.
1: Hey, he wouldn't claim that. In oh, fact, sorry. he would claim he gave her the choice. He just nudged her in the direction he wanted. He
0: was wanted. able to nudge very well. Let's say that. He's a good nudger. Uh, but they once could be called a soother, not a nudger. I'm sure a nudger would be very. Interesting. Um, and then, you know, we have, uh, we get introduced to, you know, some of our members of the team, and uh, we can assume that they're also experts in their own field. So it's, uh, you know, we talk about how powerful Mistborns are, but we mentioned like Miss Sting. She says, you know, one Miss Sting, which one, just one of these allomantic powers has been known to be very devastating. Uh, so there's likely some learning to be done here this is not just uh oh you're able to do this now you're all powerful there's something more to all this stuff uh there's a, a bit of subtlety that goes along with it um we kind of find out that you know there was at least one skull rebellion where thousands of skull died like three thousand years ago uh Three hundred yeah. or yeah. like it's a long long time ago yeah um so i mean there's at least a bit of history here um
1: kelser points out that like the history of the ska rebellion is not good they have done essentially nothing and like the argument here isn't even that he's saying like oh you've done nothing meaningful in the sense that like you've changed anything he's not even having like the bar that high the bar is set so low that he's like you haven't even done anything that like the ska would resemble as a victory which at this point the bar would be set very low for
0: Right, right. And so, I mean, there's this understanding of history um, that kind of points out, like, there's a reason for the guy to feel hopeless. Like, they've they've been pretty unsuccessful in the past. And that's also a reason why everyone's all skeptical that, you know, something like this could be pulled off. Um, But, you know, essentially the prize is so big, not just from a, oh, cool, we might potentially be able to free some people kind of standpoint, but also from the standpoint of, um, we might actually be able to um, um, get like the big, the greatest riches that anyone's ever seen. So, I mean, uh, this really kind of puts them to into the idea of like what the stakes of this whole thing is. It's gonna be essentially victory or death, because yeah. that's what they're staring down. They're gonna go after the most powerful people in the most powerful city in the most powerful empire that their history has ever known. Uh, who has very successfully, you know, squelched things in the past. And it's the victory will be the largest treasury or the most riches that anyone has ever had outside of being the actual lord ruler himself or death.
1: Yeah, I think it even points out, or Eden even says at one point, they ask him how many men he has. And he says he has like 300 active rebellion, including women and children. And I was like, oof. Yeah. Yeah, you really uh you really aren't giving them anything to work with here. Which is
0: why he gave him thirty thousand boxings to make an army. And they're like, man, well, even with that, uh but was like, Oh, we're not just gonna get the army. We're gonna actually overthrow the Empire, and not only are we gonna overthrow the Empire, we're gonna take everything that he has.
1: Yeah. Man, it is uh yeah, kind of with it all being set up. I think it was hilarious. I think Eden points that out perfectly. There's at one point in this uh chapter where Eden goes, Man, you know, I shouldn't have come here. You saying this out loud. I'm realizing how crazy this actually is.
0: Well, it was also funny, there was a hilarious joke. I forgot exactly what the context was, but uh Eden actually says something to the effect of, um, I've never met a misborn before. And it's kind of a double joke because one breeze, I think laughs, he laughs. He says, listen, you got to learn. Like if you don't talk, people won't realize how dumb you are. Um, but what's funny is breeze saying that not realizing who's sitting across from him and then.
1: Yeah. Um, kind of asking everyone to join and everything. Um, yeah, it, it is just, it is quite interesting. Um, this just seems impossible from this thought process like just actually kind of looking at what they need to do and i know that's kind of the genre the heist genre itself is let's take something impossible and 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 make it possible and i want to say like kelsey even kind of points it out that like hey you know that's what we're we're designed for like us as a thieving crew you know the the skull rebellion itself lacks vision and we do not that's the only reason the skull rebellion hasn't been successful before is they they lack vision and through our vision we're going to give them a shot and like you like you mentioned eden kind of you know like you mentioned eden is definitely the everyday man here he is the he's kind of like our insert in this case it's like yeah, this seems pretty dang impossible. Um, but like you said with Breeze, I, I've never met him. I've never never met a Mistborn before. Well, now you have two in front of you, and Breeze finds that out a little bit later. And you know, hey, the impossible can happen.
0: And the other thing is, like you know, this is the, the point when when I was first reading that everything get, got really exciting because the exciting part of a heist for me, you know, where when things get really really interesting is when they start saying how impossible everything is because you know. Or you feel like they're gonna they're gonna get around it somehow.
1: Yeah, you're, that's what you're being promised.
0: You're you're yeah. The the promise is is that this is impossible, but it's still gonna happen. And you're just racking your brain to think of how how is that even possible? Um, and there are only two ways I can go about. It's either gonna happen in like a really unsatisfying way uh, that like doesn't make any sense, or it's gonna be something that's like mind blowing um and this is setting up to be mind-blowing
1: yeah for sure i think there's one point when then breeze and ham finally realize that vin is a mistborn because that's what Kels, Kels, kelsier tells them that and hammond goes to mistborn you know this is seeming a lot more possible now um kind of hinting at like wow like important and how strong a mistborn can be and you know what in chapter five we're going to see how devastating they can actually be.
0: Hey guys, it's Matt. Thanks for listening to the Altos Podcast. You'll start seeing regularly scheduled episodes starting November 14, 2022. If you'd like to follow us, please consider subscribing. We're a small project, so please support us with likes and comments because that's what the algorithms crave. If you're listening to the YouTube channel, please hit the notification bell. And if you really want to give us a boost, consider supporting us on Patreon so we can give Vaughn a better mic.